It's a word of God that, you know, when Brother Joe just gave me the highlights of what he was going to say, you know, um, I believe that, that the word of God is setting us free from things that are holding us from the fullness that God has for our lives. God never intended us to just live ordinary lives. God has intended us to live full lives, blessed lives, lives that, are, that are, have got so much uh, blessing in them and so much uh, adventure, so much fun and joy, uh, so much victory. It's amazing to me that even when the, uh, the apostles on different occasions were put in prison, that in the one occasion it was prayer that released him out of prison. So prison couldn't hold him. In another time it was praise that released him from the prison. Because God didn't intend for us to live in prisons. To use Brother Joe's effect, uh, words, he didn't intend for us to live on the effects of what the enemy has done to our lives till now. He's intended us to live free from that and live in the fullness of the life of God. Amen. Amen. Did you receive that word from Brother Joe? Hallelujah. I know that if he had more response, he would have probably preached a little bit longer, but it's, but it's you know, just the way it is. So I think Brother Jerry is going to probably come on and be uh, wanting to be a little bit earlier. He's already there. He's ready to preach. Yeah, I see him. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we're going to start a little bit earlier. He's, he's here. And uh, I expect that God is going to do wonders and signs and miracles as Brother Jerry preaches the word to us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So everybody, when Brother Jerry, I'm going to hand over to him right now. Let's welcome Brother Jerry. Hello, Brother Jerry. Hello, John. Hello, Sharon, the family, and everybody there. It is so good to see you. And man, I sure wish I was there with you. I'm missing you very much. And hopefully we'll be coming back soon. And until we do, just know that we love you. We pray for you. And we just believe that God's got some great things in store for each and every one of you. So with that in mind, let's pray. And then we're going to get right into the Word of God. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to minister to the wonderful people of our church there in South Africa. We thank God for each and every one of them. We thank God for... They're leaders, and we thank God for what you are doing in their behalf. And we believe that the best is yet to come. Father, thank you for your anointing on this service today. Enable me to deliver this word accurately with your anointing, and I believe the anointing will destroy every yoke of bondage. In Jesus' name, we believe it, we receive it, and everybody shout, Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. All right, praise God. Uh, before I ask you to open your Bibles, let me just say this to you, that the lesson that I'm going to be sharing with you today is probably a lesson that you've already heard. Some of you have heard it uh, many, many years ago. But recently the Holy Spirit said to me that there are so many in the body of Christ that are letting go of the basic principles of the life of faith. And then he said this, go back and preach on the basics because I need for you to stir them up. Now, John and Sharon were with me in Branson recently in the victory campaign with Brother Kenneth Copeland. And I remember him saying when we walked into the speaker's room the first night, he said, Jerry, the Lord's told me to go back to the basics. I said, Brother Copeland, that's exactly what he's been telling me. So I believe we're hearing the same Holy Spirit. And so even though some of you may have heard these things in the past, it doesn't hurt to hear them again. The Bible says, 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Notice it didn't say faith came by having heard. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Don't ever stop hearing the basic principles of the word of faith. So, with that in mind, let's read something from the book of Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Let me read that one more time from the King James. Therefore, excuse me. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. The message translation says it this way. It's crucial that we keep a firm grip on what we've heard so that we don't drift off. Notice, it's crucial. Everybody say, it is crucial. Now, I know there's a little bit of delay, but I'll wait until I hear you say, it's crucial. Amen. Now, crucial, crucial would imply that this is very important. Don't just pass over this. Don't just take it lightly. It is crucial that we give the more earnest heed to the things that we've already heard and the things that we've already learned. The reason being is because they still work. No matter what the conditions are in the world today, they still work. Now, I began hearing these basic principles of the life of faith way back in 1969. First of all, from Kenneth Copeland, then from Kenneth Hagin, then from Oral Roberts, and then from T.L. Osborne. These were my four mentors. I heard those basic principles 53 years ago. Here it is, 2022, and I'm still operating in those same principles. I'm still living by those same principles. They worked for me back then. They're still working for me today. And that's the reason why I'm not looking for some new message. This message still works. The basic principles of faith will work in any generation, no matter what's going on in that generation, no matter how uh, uh, impossible your circumstances may look. You don't need some new message that nobody's ever heard before. Go back to the basics. In fact, I encourage people today, go back and pick up those first books that you read by Kenneth Hagin. Go back and dig into your closet and find those little cassette tapes that you listened to way back a long time ago talking about the basic principles of the life of faith. Go back and listen to them again. But this time, listen to them like you did the first time when you'd never heard them before. And you remember what happened? I do. I remember just like it was yesterday. I remember the first time I heard those basic principles, there was an explosion that took place in my heart. And today, I still listen to those same messages. In fact, uh, I take them everywhere I go. In my Bible briefcase, there is my iPod. And I have on that downloaded most of the messages that I heard way back in 1969 from those four men. I have all of those basic messages on that iPod, and I never get tired of listening to them. I wake up listening to Kenneth Hagin. I go to bed listening to Kenneth Hagin. I wake up listening to Oral Roberts. I go to bed listening to Oral Roberts. I wake up listening to Kenneth Copeland. I go to bed listening to Kenneth Copeland. I wake up listening to T.L. Osborne, and I go to bed listening to T.L. Osborne. And notice I said those principles that I learned 53 years ago are still producing results in my life today. And I give God praise for it. Now, you've heard me say this before. We have a phrase in Texas, you dance with the one who brung you. That simply means you don't change partners in the middle of the dance. And if you took that girl to the dance, you bring her home. Don't change partners in the middle of the dance. Well, I've been dancing, so to speak, with a word of faith for 53 years, and I'm not about to change partners now. Why? Because it still works. And secondly, the reason why, my mother did not raise a fool. I am sticking with what got me here today. 
I'm sticking with what brought results yesterday, and I'm sticking with what I know will bring results tomorrow, and I encourage you to make that same commitment, praise God. So once again, don't let these things slip. Hang on to them for dear life. Amen. I heard someone say not too long ago, uh, where you go to church today could mean life or death. Go to a church where the word of faith is being preached on a consistent basis. And I just want you to know you're in the right church because I know your pastors. I know them well and I know what they preach and you're in the right place and you ought to thank God for your pastors every day of your life. You don't come to church and they say, well, that faith message is over with. That faith movement is over with. No, they're never going to say that. I know them. And if you ever... Hear them say that, call me, I'm going to come and give them a spanking. That's not what they believe, and that's not what they have been taught, praise God. So, you just stick with a word of faith, because it's going to get you where God wants you to go. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I've already preached myself happy. I believe I'll just shout a little bit. Hallelujah. Why don't somebody shout with me? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, Hallelujah. Uh, it, it's, it's dangerous to let that bunch loose, I can tell already. Now, let's read something that the Apostle Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 19. It says, Holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. Now, I've noticed this happening over the last few years to a lot of Christians that I know, some of whom I've known for a long time. They said they were people of faith. And as far as I knew, they were. But I'm hearing some of them talk differently today. I'm hearing some of them talk about something else they believe now that is not lining up with what they used to believe. Now, notice it says, if you let go of your faith, you could end up shipwrecked. And I don't want that to happen to me, and I don't want it to happen to you, and even furthermore, God doesn't want it happening to you. I've come too far, and I've, I've spent too many years uh, standing on the Word of God, living by faith, to throw it all away now and end up shipwrecked. No, I'm not going to end up shipwrecked. My ship is going to reach the other side. Just like Jesus said, let us go to the other side. That's where I'm headed. That's where I'm going. And I believe in Jesus' name, that's where I'm going to end up. So notice here, don't let go of your faith. Don't let go of the basic principles of faith. If you do, then you could end up shipwrecked, and God doesn't want that happening to you. So, once again, I've seen a number of Christians that that's happened to, but it doesn't have to happen to you. Faith is still the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is still the method of which God wants us to live. The just shall live by faith. If anybody tells you the faith movement is over, well, just, just say under your own breath. Maybe not have to say it in front of them. Just say under your breath. Well, they don't know any better. But faith has never been a movement. Faith is a lifestyle, and the just shall live by faith. So if you haven't made that decision, and I know most of you have already, if you haven't made that decision, make it now, stick with it, and don't back off. Amen? Because faith is still the victory that overcomes the world. Listen, folks, as I said, I've been living this way for 53 years. If it didn't work, don't you think I would have found out by now? Give me a little credit for having some intelligence. If it didn't work, then surely after 53 years, I would have found out. But it still works. And I'm still going to live this way. No matter what comes down the road, I'm still going to live by faith. I'm still going to trust God. And I'm still going to hold on to my faith with all that is within me. Because it worked in the past and it will work in the future. Amen and amen. So, let me just say this with, to you. There is hope for the future. I realize that a lot of people right now are feeling hopeless because of everything that's going on in our world. You know, since March of 2020, when all of this broke with COVID and, uh, uh, and how it shut down everything, uh, you've heard me say before that uh, my last meeting in 2020 
was in March in Denver, Colorado. I preached there for three days and then I finished on Sunday evening, got in my airplane and flew home. And the next morning was when the news hit about COVID and everything shut down. It was a new day. It was a new world we were living in. And nearly three years have come and gone. And uh, it's been a different world. But at the same time, I have never stopped applying the principles that I learned 53 years ago. And you've heard me say this. Even though in 2020, we had to cease traveling. We couldn't travel anywhere in America, not until August. We couldn't travel overseas. I haven't been overseas since uh, about January, February of 2020. I'm believing that's about to change. Praise God. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to get back to you and the rest of the world. Praise God. But let me say this. Even though, amen, even though uh, 2020, the world changed, but praise God, I want to give this testimony to the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. We broke records in 2020. We broke records in 2021. We've broken records in the first quarter of 2022. And I attribute that, first of all, to the faithfulness of God and to the fact that faith is still the way that we overcome the world. If you believe it, give a good shout. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, I want to begin this lesson today. I'm through with my introduction. Now I'm going to get ready to preach, okay? Uh, I, want to, I want to begin this lesson today with a question for you. Where do you turn for your inspiration? Think about that for a moment before you answer. Where do you turn for your inspiration? Look at somebody and ask them that question. Where do you turn for your inspiration? Ask them right now. Let me say this to you. Do you turn to the world or do you turn to the Word? Ask them that question. Do you turn to the world or do you turn to the Word? <clears throat> well, if you want to be inspired and inspired by God, then you need to quit listening to what the world says and pay more attention to what the Word says. Can you say amen to that? Now, in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 35, Jesus made this statement. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. In other words, what's happening in the world is subject to change. Uh, but the Word of God <clears throat> never changes. The Word of God is eternal. <clears throat> You're not going to wake up some morning and find out that Philippians 4.19 says something different than it said yesterday. Philippians 4.19, as you well know, my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You're not going to wake up tomorrow because of <clears throat> the negative things that are happening in the world around you. And Philippians 4.19 will say, my God used to supply your needs, but now it's different. Because of the circumstances. No, it'll still say the same thing today. It'll say the same thing tomorrow. And it's going to say the same thing until you and I leave and go to our destiny in heaven. Amen. God's word is not going to change. So I receive my inspiration from the word of God, not from the world. You know, I, 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 told my wife not too long ago. I said, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not interested in what CNN has to say about it. I'm not even interested in what other news outlet has to say about it. I'm only interested in what God has to say about it. Because what God says about it is totally different than what the media is saying about it. And God's Word has never failed. What the media says is likely to change in the next 24 hours. But God's Word will never change. So I choose to get my inspiration from the Word of God. Once again, heaven and earth will pass away. But Jesus said, 
my words shall not pass away. Isaiah, speaking in God's behalf, made this statement in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 8. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. That's, that brings uh, great joy to me, knowing that the word of God will stand forever, that God's word will never change. The message translation says, <clears throat> our God's word stands firm. It stands firm. The word firm means secure. It means unwavering. It means not yielding to pressure. I found another definition this morning that, that said it's not subject to revision. I like that. The Bible is not subject to revision. Now, I know there are other translations, and I enjoy reading all the other translations, but the basic truth from God's Word is not subject to revision. In other words, what he said yesterday is what it's going to say today. He doesn't have to revise the Word of God because the circumstances are different today than it was when this was written. The Word worked yesterday, and it'll work today, praise God. The Word of God doesn't have to be rewritten because of the circumstances we are facing in our world today. Let me make this statement to you, and you might want to write it down. I believe it's very important. I learned this a long, long time ago, and it's still something I live by today. We don't make God's Word line up with our circumstances. We make our circumstances line up with God's Word. Let me say it again. We don't make God's Word line up with our circumstances. We make our circumstances line up with God's Word. Would you agree with that? If you do, say amen. <clears throat> now, let me remind you of something the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Once again, notice it says, the things which are seen are temporal, or you could say temporary. Now years ago, uh, Brother Copeland and I were preaching, this is way back in 1972. We were preaching in Birmingham, Alabama, at a full gospel businessmen's meeting. Brother Copeland preached first, and then I followed him. And that morning, as I was preparing my sermon, I was reading 2 Corinthians 4, uh, 18, the scripture I just read to you. And when I got to the part where things which are seen are temporal, the Lord said to me, Son, from now on, when you read that, you inject this into that verse. Things which are seen are subject to change. In other words, that's the same thing as temporal or temporary. He said, things which are seen are subject to change. So that's what I preached on that morning. Things which are seen are subject to change. When I got through, Brother Copeland jumped up. He said, boy, why didn't you tell me that yesterday? I told him, I didn't know it yesterday. He said, that's going to make a big difference in the way I approach life for the rest of my life. And that's the way I've been approaching life all of these years because I learned if you can see it, it is subject to change. It is not permanent. Amen. I am living proof of that. You know, you've heard the testimony that I had a major stroke about five years ago. They said I'd never be normal again. They said I'd never, I'd never leave my home again. They said my wife would have to take care of me for the rest of my life. I'd never preach again, but God proved things which are seen are subject to change. And thank God today, I am preaching just like I preached years ago. In fact, I believe I'm preaching even better. I'm preaching stronger. And praise God, God has proven once again that if you can see it, it's not permanent. If you can perceive it with your five physical senses, it's subject to change. So whatever you're going through right now, just determine that you're not going to put a lot of confidence in it because if you can see it, if you can perceive it with your five physical senses, it is subject to change. 
Financial crisis is subject to change. Uh, lack is subject to change. Uh, sickness is subject to change. Disease is subject to change. Coronavirus is subject to change. And me coming to, uh, me, me not being able to come to South Africa, that is subject to change. Hallelujah. Would you agree with me? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, if you study the ministry of Jesus again, you're going to notice that this is the principle that he operated by. Things which are seen are subject to change. He proved that leprosy was subject to change. He proved that, that being crippled was subject to change. He proved that uh, 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 death itself was subject to change. He even said to a real mountain in Mark the 11th chapter, pointing to a real mountain, he said to his disciples, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. He is saying to us, even mountains are subject to change. Now, I haven't had to move a physical mountain, but I'd have proof that if it was necessary, Jesus said, it is subject to change. So, why worry? Why fret? Why be distracted over something that's going on around you right now when it's subject to change? The Word is not subject to change. Keep this book in front of you. Keep its words in your heart. And every time a crisis arrives, you just say, ah, that's subject to change. I'm going to look to something that is eternal. I'm going to look to something that changes not. I'm going to look to the word of my God. And my God is going to fulfill it. And he's going to bring it to pass. I believe it. And I decree it. And I believe I'll just praise God in advance for it. Why don't you do that right now? Hallelujah. Praise God in advance that everything you're going through right now is subject to change. Come on, give him your best shout. Give him your greatest shout. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Amen. Now, let's look at something in the book of Luke. If you have your Bibles with you, let's go to Luke chapter 10. <clears throat> This is a story where Jesus has uh, entered into uh, a village where two sisters live, Mary and Martha. And let's begin reading in uh, verse 38. If you have your Bibles, join with me. Now it came to pass... As they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Now, if you haven't highlighted or underlined that phrase, do so right now, so that every time you pass by Luke chapter 10, this will jump out at you. Notice, Mary sat at his feet and heard his word. Now, verse 40 says, But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. Now, I want you to notice very closely how Jesus responded. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken from her. Now notice, Martha was troubled and cumbered about all of this serving and, and the issue at hand. But notice, Mary chose to sit at his feet and hear his word. You could associate that to today. 
Some people prefer to sit in front of a television and watch CNN. And listen to all the bad news. And then walk away fretting, worried, and disappointed, and discouraged. But notice, there's someone who always chooses to put the Word of God first place. And that's what Mary did. She sat at the feet of Jesus and heard His Word. Now the Amplified Bible says, Martha was overly occupied and distracted. That's what's happened to a lot of Christians today. They're overly occupied with all the things that are happening around them. They're focusing on the wrong things and as a result of it, they're becoming distracted. They, they are letting go of the basic principles of the life of faith. And usually, if they don't get a grip on themselves and get back to doing what they once did, then they're going to end up shipwrecked just like the Apostle Paul said. Now listen to what the message translation said uh, in addition Mary sat before the Master, hanging on to every word that was said. You know, I love it when people hang on to every word I say. I believe I'm looking at an audience that is doing that right now. Amen. That's the way I am. When I go here, Brother Copeland, uh, I'm hanging on to every word. You know, uh, when I first started out and I was working with him, traveling with him all over the country, I was, I, I was so committed to hearing what he had to say that sometimes after a service, people would ask me, uh, what were you mad about? I'd say, mad? I wasn't mad. No, I was just locked into what he was saying and I, I, was, I was focused on hearing what he had to say because I knew what he was saying. If I applied it in my life, it would work for me just like it was working for him. So I was locked in. I was focused. That's what Mary was. She was focused. She was not bothered by everything that's going on around her. Her attitude was, Jesus, I'm going to sit here and hear your word and I don't care what Martha's doing. I don't care what anybody else in the house is doing. Your word is the most important thing and that's what I'm going to focus on. So uh, in essence, she's saying, if you're hungry and you want to eat, then you'll just have to wait until you get through preaching because I'm not leaving the room. I'm hanging on to every word until you're done. Praise God. Amen. And that's exactly what she did. Now, listen to something else the message translation said. Jesus told Martha this, you're getting yourself worked up over nothing. That's exactly what a lot of Christians are doing right now. Oh, did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? Oh, we got a crisis. And there's another crisis coming. They say it's going to get worse. Oh, it's getting worse. You are working yourself up over nothing. What does a word say? I'm not, I'm not saying uh, there's not trouble out there. I'm not pretending it's not happening. I'm not pretending it doesn't exist. But I'm not going to give my focus and my attention to all of that. I'm going to focus on what the Bible says. And the Bible says all of that is subject to change. And if it's subject to change, then I'm going to stand here and watch God change it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout amen. amen. 
Now, listen to what else he said to Martha. One thing is essential, and Mary has chosen it. One thing is essential. The word essential means of greater importance. In other words, what Jesus was saying to Martha was this. I know you've got a lot of things on your mind. I know you're troubled about a lot of things. I know you're trying to uh, uh, serve us. But one thing is essential. One thing is needful. And one thing is of greater importance. And Mary has chosen that one thing. And what was the one thing she chose? To hear the word of God. And that's what you need to do today. If you haven't made that decision, make it now, praise God. Because let me say something to you. I don't want it to create, you know, discouragement or fear, but it's not likely that things are going to change that much in the world. In fact, the Lord said to me in October of the 1st of 2021, as I was praying and seeking Him for the prophetic word that I was to bring to the body of Christ in 2022, He said this, Tell the people that if they'll not be shaken by all the chaos and all the disorder that is in the world around them, that I will cause them to experience the open hand of God and I will create for them supernatural, extraordinary, and unusual provision. Amen. And that's exactly what's happening to me because I'm not focusing on what the world says. I'm focusing on what God has promised. And I encourage you to do the same. Amen. So once again, Jesus said, one thing is essential. One thing is of greater importance. And that one thing is keep seeking the Word. Keep focusing on the Word. Keep studying the Word. Keep applying the Word. Don't ever let go of it. Don't ever think you've learned enough. Keep on learning and keep on applying and God will keep on blessing and blessing and blessing. Amen. Don't allow all the voices in the world to rob you of your hope and rob you of your joy. There is hope for your future. I want to say to you right now by the Holy Spirit, your future is bright. Hallelujah. Amen. And the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Amen. God's not going to allow you to fail. So don't give up on Him and don't give up on His Word. Now, let's look at something that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 when the disciples asked Him, what are the signs of the end? Now, He described a lot of chaos and disorder that would be taking place. But two things stand out to me in what he said to them. Number one, see that no man deceive you. And number two, see that you be not troubled. Now notice, he's, he, he, he talked about a lot of chaos that would be taking place. But he also said, don't let anybody deceive you and don't allow yourself to become troubled by it all. The message translation says, don't panic. Now, that says to me that we can live in a world that is full of trouble and yet not be troubled by it. Amen. Amen. We can live in a world that is full of trouble and yet maintain a smile on our face. Amen. Come on, give me your best smile right now. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and say, don't worry about a thing. God's got you covered. And come on, give me that smile again. Hallelujah. <laughs> I see that big I see that big smile on Bryn. <laughs> That's the Bryn I know. <laughs> All right, now listen to listen to this. The message translation says, don't panic. And the word panic means an overwhelming sense of fear. So what is Jesus telling us? Do not allow this overwhelming sense of fear to come on you. So where does fear come from? We know it doesn't come from God. It has to come from our adversary, the devil. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. So if God doesn't give it, then it has to come from somewhere, and it comes from Satan. If God's not the author of it, then Satan is. And the Bible tells us very clearly how to take care of that. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 9, Peter says, resist the devil steadfastly in the faith. So if there's fear in your life right now, I want you to say these words and say them as boldly as you possibly can. Satan, In the name of Jesus, I reject fear in my life. It's not of God. And therefore, I refuse to receive it. I choose to trust God. I choose to stay in faith. And as a result of it, I choose to win. Now I want all the winners in the place to... Stand up and lift your hands and shout, I'm a winner and I'm not a loser. Hallelujah. 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 All right, now, just remain standing for a moment as I prepare to close. I want to remind you of a story in Luke chapter 5. And you're all familiar with it. And this is the answer to your breakthrough. How many of you are believing for a breakthrough today? All right, now listen very closely. This is the answer to your breakthrough. Let me just read some of these scriptures in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. Jesus said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when he had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish. Now notice the key to their breakthrough was this. A simple statement 
but a very powerful one. Nevertheless, at thy word. Remember, they said, we have toiled all night. And we've taken nothing. If you've done everything you know to do in the natural, and it doesn't look like anything's working, then go back and ask yourself this question. Have I done what God told me to do? Even though what God told you to do may seem ridiculous, it may seem unreasonable, and it may go totally cross-grain with your mental thinking. Yet, if you'll do what Peter did and just put all that down and say, nevertheless, at thy word. That is the key to your breakthrough. And this is the key for you experiencing a breakthrough in 2022. God has said to me to tell you that in 2022, if you'll not be shaken by all the chaos and disorder, Now that's your instructions right there. That's your rhema from God. That's, that's just as much uh, your word as the word to Peter launch out into the deep. This is your launching out into the deep word. Don't be shaken. By all the chaos and all the disorder. Look at somebody and tell them, I refuse to be shaken. By all the chaos and disorder. I choose to put the Word of God first place. And I choose to make it final authority. Now if you really mean that, then here's the good news. God is going to open His hand and cause you to experience supernatural, extraordinary, and unusual provision in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Now lift your hands one more time and say these words. I receive it. I mix my faith with it. And God will do it. If you really believe it, give Him another shout in advance. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hey, Pastor John. Thank let's you. do this again sometime. <laughs> soon, Brother Jerry. Soon, soon. Soon, Brother Jerry. Thank you for the word today, Brother Jerry. And we, yeah, we bless you. Yeah, I'm just you. getting started good. <laughs> and I hope to see you soon, sir. <laughs> We love, love you guys. God bless you. Bye-bye, Brother Jerry. We love
love you, love you, love you, love you, love you, love you, brother Jamie. Bye-bye. Bye. Love you too. I love you more. <laughs> Bye-bye. Woo. Glory to Jesus. You can sit down. I mean, listen, you guys have got, uh, we started earlier and early and said, nah, it, We've got big sound and song ready. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So what do you think of that word? Hey? What do you think of that word? I mean, hasn't the Lord been directing this whole weekend all of the word? All the scriptures, everything that God has been saying already. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, I think it's clear to us that, that we need to, we, we have to make a choice that we are going to believe God. I, I've said this to you before and I've said it to other people before. I don't know how much believing you have in your heart. I can't see it. God can see it, but I can't see it. Believing in your heart is something that you fundamentally have to choose. And you, you make that lifetime, lifetime decision that I'm going to trust God and trust His Word. It's a decision that you make for life. When I was with Brother Jerry now, when we were there together with him, we, were, we spent uh, some time uh, talking about this. And, uh, and it seems like every time we get together, we talk about it. And the fact is that if you understand that the, these principles of the Word of God work, that if you will meditate on the Word day and night, and you will speak the Word of God, you will have the results of the Word of God. Because when you meditate on the Word of God, in your heart, when that becomes your meditation, it becomes your go-to thinking. So, I shared with you earlier on that Brother Jerry has been talking to me about coming back on the, in early May. Uh, there's a part of my brain and my mind that thinks about all of the practical implications. Getting air tickets, the hours of flying, the impact that it has on my body, what I've got to do, turn around and come straight back to South Africa, what impact that has on me. Now, if that's where my thinking stops, then that's what my decision-making will be made on. Because I live then in the practical implications of everything that, I'm, that I can see. So I don't ignore, I don't ignore these details. I've got to count the cost of these details. I recognize what it means to me. I've spoken to my family, I've spoken to people to pray with me, and I'm asking you to, to recognize what's happening here. I understand the implications of it. But if my thinking stops there, then that's, what's my choice going to be? I mean, I've just spent 20 days with him. Why must I go back after another 21 days and go and spend more time with him? Why would he ask that? Come on, you know. And so part of me would say, uh, you know, but his love for us is obvious. He wants to be with us. There's something that God is stirring in his heart and he's calling. See what's happening now is now I'm beginning to think like God thinks. Now I'm beginning to think like the word is in my heart. I say, okay, Lord, 
If there's my spiritual leader that's calling on me, that's pulling on me, if his affection and his love and there's a stirring in his spirit to want me to come back again, then I've got to listen and heed to that because this is, this is extraordinary. He knows more than anybody because of all the traveling he does, does what impact that would have on me. Come on. He knows what he's asking me to do. Right? And yet he's still... They still, you know, I, I said to him, I said to him, Brother Jerry, it would be, would be depend on whether I can get a ticket. So I'm trying to be diplomatic now because, uh, you know, I've got to cut the cost here. So I said to him, it would be dependent on whether I can get a ticket or not. He said, no, no, John, it's not if you're going to get a ticket. It says when you, he said, when you get the ticket, then let me know and we'll make all the other arrangements. And he said that because he was making a faith statement in talking to me and saying, I'm believing you're coming, John. And not a ticket is going to stand in your way to prevent you from coming. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You see what, what, he, what, what Brother Jerry was saying, what I'm sharing with you now, is that if we stay thinking about the natural things and we just live in the natural things and all the details of the natural things, we can't go anywhere else. Then everything we do, we act on the natural stuff. But if you meditate on the Word day and night and you make the Word your go-to place, then what happens is the Word of God begins to fill you Spiritually, it gets bigger in you, it gets stronger in you, and it grows in you. And the more it grows in you, then when you have these thoughts in your head, you go from the thinking, you go to the spirit. And the minute you go from your thinking into your spirit, then you go into a place where you can start to hear what God wants to do and not what the details or the circumstances tell you. Hallelujah. I'm, I've not, I have not withheld from you at any time. Every time I've had to make these decisions to go and be with Brother Jerry for five weeks and seven weeks, I've not stopped telling you my own soul conflict, my own mental things of what this means. And I'm going there, and what am I going to do there? <laughs> because he wasn't giving me, I know it was the thing the Lord said to me, don't you pay for everything and you just go there and tell him that it doesn't matter if he invites you to preach, uh, to go with wherever he preaches or he doesn't go there. So in my own mind, those times, you know, I know he's traveling to go to places. That doesn't mean to say that he's going to ask me to come with him and put me on the plane and take me with him. I, I, I never put that expectation on him. I never made it part of the condition and he never had any response to that as a condition. God just put it in my heart and said, go there. And so you all know the story. I mean, then God started to do miracles when I got there. Every time. And so I believe that what is happening now is going to have the same thing. And this should be... And it is an encouragement to all of us that it doesn't matter what's happening in around the world in COVID-based things, economic things, if we put the God, Word of God first place and we meditate on it day and night, then that becomes your foundation. Becomes your foundation. You have to go to the Word of God. You've got to make a lifetime decision. It's a lifetime decision. It's not just a choice that uh, I'll make it for this week and I'll see next week how it goes. Well, then you know what's going to happen next week. Definitely something's going to happen that's going to prevent you from actually choosing the word. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I've got a lot more to say, but I'm also going to say it tomorrow morning. Yes. Gideon. This is the first seat to your ticket to America. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's a seed to, for a ticket to America. Well, <laughs> I believe and I know that God is already paying for this air ticket. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Praise Jesus. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to this and tomorrow we're going to talk about this and we're going to start taking up an offering tomorrow. But it's going to be different to what you think. So just hold on to your money now. Thank you for initiating this, Gideon. Because I can hear, I can see what's happening is that people are beginning to stir in their faith because they want to sow seed. But hold on to your money. For now. How many times do you hear that from a pastor? <laughs> hey? Because the Lord, is, the Lord is beginning to give me instructions from yesterday already. Actually, already when I was struggling with my own thing to come, the Lord started to begin to speak to me about what God wants to do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise Jesus. Praise the Lord. I'm going to take this rolled up money like this, and I'm going to come and show it to you tomorrow. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.